I would like to thank everybody here for tuning in. Um, I'm about to interview Lil Cubensis, um, Spider Gang. I'm just waiting for bro. I sent him the sent him the invite, but this is gonna be our first Zoom interview, and I normally don't like prefer to do interviews like this, but fuck it, we're gonna try something different. Um, and you might see you might see this a lot more often with people that I have a hard time getting out there to. All right, let me add, bro. It's my first time doing this. Let's see if I do this shit right. Hey, what's good, bro? Can you hear me? Yo. Word, word. I'm glad Hold we Hold up. I cannot hear you. Let me figure this out. Yeah, I could hear you. Ah, okay. Word, you can hear me now? Yeah, let me uh let me try to get you into Oh, I don't even have the headphones plugged in. That's why. <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. We Let's, good now? Yeah. Word. How am I sounding? You sounded good, bro. I could hear you. I could hear Beautiful. you. Beautiful. Hell yeah. AT2020 gang. I don't even know what mic this is. It's a cheap ass. <laughs> it looks like a PA microphone. mic, damn near. It is, it's roughly that. I, I usually use it for like DJing and shit like that. So Yeah. I mean, it sounds good. It so, I mean, it works. Yeah. Gets the job done. So, like, I've never done anything over Zoom before. So, this is, like, mad interesting. It's going to be, like, my first Zoom interview. Because I usually try to do these in person. I tried to link with you in person in L.A. And we just couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've only done, like, doctor's appointments over Zoom. I've never done anything like yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I might start utilizing it a lot more. You know what I mean? Honestly, like, it's time. pretty good. Like, it's pretty reliable. You know, it's accessible for everybody. And, uh, yeah, it works. Yeah. Although, and, like, I know they, I know they were saying that the servers were kind of getting overloaded, though, with like all the schools doing that shit. Yeah, I, bro, I'd imagine, I like, cause I was just, I'm back, I'm back at, uh, I'm in New Hampshire, my home state right now, not in North Carolina. I had to make an emergency trip back home. Oh, for um, sure. See my little brother, he's like, yeah, we start school tomorrow. It's over like Zoom and shit. <laughs> I'm like, what? god damn hey do you want Boy. me to record uh my video as well yeah if you want to just in case you know something happens there's two copies sure. of it you know what i mean because i'm recording but you never know shit could get corrupt and you know what i mean all right you never it know. says it says please request record permission from the meeting host i don't know how to fuck to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well we got one footage well that, i mean it works so yeah you could probably do it to where like it switches between us like every few seconds or something like that i know that they've done that before yeah only thing i'm i don't know is is this video i mean people are more interested in you than me that's what you're the interviews about right. you that's what matters so it's like <laughs> but i'm in this little corner and shit over here oh okay you know what so, i mean on yeah, my screen yeah so it's opposite like, for me i'm in the little corner yeah, yeah. so it's like i don't know how it how it's going to turn out on the screen recording if it's going to have us like side to side or not um i think because oh, you're recording shit. from your perspective it should be like my part is bigger than yours i just changed it actually so now on my screen we're side to side oh okay perfect i guess if you go if you go in the corner and you go to view and oh there we go hit grid it'll make us like yeah, gallery side side. view so in this yeah, interview to go. start we just taught you all how to use Zoom. So <laughs> you guys got you guys got a good Zoom tutorial if you came here for B. Take advice. 
take notes <laughs> take notes we're not we're not teaching anybody about beats today we're teaching about zoom <laughs> <laughs> but shit bro uh thank you i had i get a lot of uh a lot of comments like bro interview interview cubensis interview cubensis <laughs> yeah it's kind of long overdue how long have we been talking about doing this it's been like a minute bro i'm gonna go on my instagram my instagram <laughs> right now on my messages wasn't it like wasn't it like after the gunk tour or some shit like somewhere around shit. there you're like oh that you got darky and wendigo but you didn't get cubensis yeah, yeah that it was, was like, like i think it was a year ago december 6th Oh, this is the okay. first time so I was, hit you up about a yes. year ago, almost. almost yeah, so it was a ago. little bit past that, a couple months past that. So yeah, Dan, we've been trying to do this for a minute. <laughs> it's yeah. just like I didn't <laughs> even think before. Like there's shit like this now. Yeah, so everybody, like, don't think I didn't want to do it. It's just you know our whole schedules collide. Oh yeah, yeah. And I try yeah. to, it's I try, bro, if possible, to do everything in person. But like, yeah, you know what sure. I mean. I'm now more open to the idea of doing stuff like this so it's, yeah, it's cool yeah, it's a little different definitely. um i definitely want to do an in-person thing with you though oh no sure. wait bro we'll get it we'll get it like if i met you tomorrow we <laughs> still do it and drop both <laughs> yeah for sure like, but no nah, <laughs> next time next time we're if we're ever in the same area we will i, I really want to do like i want to do like a spider gang type interview at least or at least you and darky yeah. together yeah for sure um well i know that uh I'm not going to explicitly say where I live just. For oh, yeah, yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, don't but, do uh, but, but Darkie, Corpse, and Brumman are actually moving in my area. Word? And, um, yeah, and MK, too. Word. And, um, so, yeah, it's going to be the Let me know. five of us. Let me know when that happens, bro. I'll fly out. We could make it. We could definitely make that happen. Like, definitely make that happen. Yeah, for sure. Because I, sure. I was just with Darkie. Again, I'm not going to say where Darkie lives. But I was yeah. just at when I was in LA, and I think I texted you. I was at Darkie's apartment. So right. Oh, by the way, I was on Facetime with him, and uh, he says hello. Oh, word. Says he misses the fuck out of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Darkie. Uh, I'm not even gonna say his government name on air. Darkie's mad cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, I love bro. I got a lot of love for bro. He's actually I one person too. I interviewed that like I've actually pretty stayed in good contact with, and he's actually become like a good acquaintance yeah. of mine. But it was it was mad cool to go yeah, chill with him sure. when I saw him uh, when I was yeah, in Cali. Yeah, and you know, with with him, it's it's just like a case of real, recognize real. Like if he sees that you're like an actual, like genuine person, then like he's gonna fuck with you. He's gonna stay in contact with you one definitely. way or another. Definitely, he's that he's definitely that type of person. Um, it's I mean, like I get I guarantee you, he's kind of weird and who he fucks with now because he's getting to be a, yeah to be a yeah, pretty big name. <laughs> there's there i'm not gonna go into any strict details but there yeah, has yeah, yeah. been like some there has been some fuck shit that has been going on to where you know like people who were once our friends aren't anymore and you know like people who wouldn't fuck with us when we were smaller are now like weird about us being like at the point that we're at now and it's just yeah like you know people are just mad weird and like that's what he and i were talking about earlier like you know people are just like hella weird about fame and clout and shit Bro, like i, I work see it. yeah like That's i work at a local studio and um you know like i'm constantly meeting new people you know seed spreading and all that and yeah. uh, it's sometimes weird because like i'll i've actually met this one dude who i showed him my instagram and uh i'm only following one account it's yeah. a spider gang account and um and he was like, oh, I see how you roll. Like, you're one of those cats. Like, you know, you got all those followers. I know. know. That. And, you know, f first thing for me, it's like, I only have like 11K. Like, it's yeah. I mean, not 
I'm not like famous, you know, and uh, but also just I don't follow people because for one thing, like I'm very selective with who I like show my support to now. Yeah. And um, also just like I'm not trying to see like other people share it on my timeline. You feel me? No, I feel you <laughs> most definitely. Like, like, bro- at, like ever since I've stopped following people. I would go on like the explore page and I would see people's shit on there. And like, ever since like that has been a thing, it's made me so anxious to like see what other people are doing on the internet and shit. Like it just freaks me the fuck out. So I just, I just try to like stay as like incognito as possible. Like I'm active on Twitter. I'll like retweet shit and like shit, but fucking, you know, like I'm definitely, uh, I mean, I never really was one to like post a lot on my account anyways, but I'm yeah. definitely way more wary than I was before. Bro, I, I feel you. I'm not a social media person at all. Like I'd never follow. <laughs> I only, I only like, I only follow people that look at my personal page. I have less than a thousand followers. Like I don't give a fuck, right. bro. Like I right. do <laughs> shit. Like I don't care about my name getting big, but people will be like, yo, what's your Instagram? And they'll follow me. And like, so you're not going to follow me back? Like, bro, I don't know you yeah exactly like Like, bro after that or i'll get like a dm from them like hey bro like i'm trying to win like this contest for whoever gets the most likes on this we'll get like a free session or whatever and i'm just like bro like i'm not gonna do that for you like you know that shit is like so (laughs) whack bro it's like social media cloud is so fucking whack like it is bro (laughs) and it's it's ironic that like this is coming from somebody who like has you know like like a modicum of social media pull yeah a lot of people a lot of people i mean granted there are a lot of people who get the clout and like really like love it and you know if that's your cup of tea whatever like that's your thing but fucking i mean a lot of people who get fame are turn out to be very unfulfilled and like it's not all that they thought it would be oh yeah most definitely and, I, and, and there, there are those people that like they only want the fame and i I don't get it bro i don't yeah. get it at all like yeah even even little ass me with my small ass podcast like i'll be i was in charlotte like the day before <laughs> i left and like i was at the store and like i was leaving the store with my shit and this dude runs up to me it's, i mean it's happened before but i'm not like a huge name but like if i'm in charlotte and i'm around something music related i'm gonna get recognized a little bit right right and it's like but i was just at the store getting my shit bro and this dude works at the store, rushes over, like, bro, I'm such a big fan of your podcast and shit. No, no, no. <laughs> it's like, it was cool. That's but how I, lit. It was, it was lit, but I hated it, bro. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I actually had a similar situation happen. Um, I, I work, I'm currently working at a car wash to like, you know, get a little extra money in. And, uh, there's this kid who uh he goes to the local high school here and uh you know he and i were just talking we were kind of going back and forth i was like you know so and so and then you know so and so and he's like yeah i know all those people so then i started bringing up heads that like i knew i brought up like so you know like gizmo and he's like yeah, yeah. I fuck with him and i'm like so you know like mk ultra and he said yeah i know him too and then i said all right so i'm gonna ask you this you know who spider gang is and he's like bro i listen to little darky all the time and i'm like it, like it felt weird for me to tell him i'm like well i'm cubensis like i'm I, <laughs> i'm one of the cats in there he's like like he looked at me like bro like what the fuck and 
uh, I told him, I'm like, bro, this is just as weird for me as it is for you. Like, I'm not used to that's so weird. Being, like, recognized. Yeah, it was weird as fuck. I mean, it was cool. Like, it's cool that you know, like, people recognize your work or whatever. But yeah, you know, it's definitely like it's really weird. You know, <laughs> that like someone you have no idea exists just like knows who you are. Oh, bro, all the there's time, like thousands like, of those people. Like, I'll have people like. Even, like I said, even someone like me who's not nearly the popularity like Spider-Gang, like at a show, people will come up to me like, yo, I, I remember, I'm, you know, remember we talked over this time? And I'm like, bro, I'm sorry, I don't. Like, it's just like, <laughs> it's so, it is weird when right. someone like recognizes your work and you don't know them or anything about them. Like, it's like, at first, it's like, it still is. I'm yeah. sure it is for all well, of you guys. especially because like, especially. Yeah, but it's also weird because, you know, you have your own point of view on your work and it's typically a lot more negative than, like, what an outsider sees of it. And so, you know, like, for me, like, I don't think my, I'm not going to say, like, I think my work is shit, but, you know, I'm very, very critical of, you know, what I make, Um, almost to the point where it's, like, obsessive and fucking... And, you know, like, like I'll have something that's released and I'll still think that there's some shit that I could have done to it to make it even better. And, you know, like to have people that are like, bro, like that shit is so amazing. Like, I can't believe you were even able to make something like that or whatever. It's like, yeah, you know, like, (laughs) I don't know either. I don't know how it happened. Like specifically, uh, like specifically with Composition 11, like, have you heard that one? Yep. I love that's what bro. Yeah. That's my favorite darky song. Yeah, like no, it's it, it's one of my favorite beats that I've ever made. But it's also uh, like I look at that beat almost like a fluke. Like it just kind of really? happens. Like I remember, yeah. Like I had the loop that I was just playing in my DAW, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna just make like you know a standard lo-fi beat, whatever. And I started making it and Darky came out and he was like, what is this? And I'm like, it's just a beat that I'm making. He said, all right, like extend that out, like make it a whole thing, make it evolve and shit. And he says, I want you to add trumpet to it. I was like, okay, word. Cause um, for the people that don't already know, I play trumpet. I don't use trumpet samples for everybody that asks me like where I get those samples from. I made them. Word. That's fucking, (laughs) yeah. And um but fucking yeah so as i was making it it just kind of like took a like a life of its own and like not to say that i wasn't actively like engaged in what i was making but it's almost like it took over you feel me like it just kind of started building by itself and um so like i hear so like i listen to that and like i think how the fuck did i make that (laughs) Um, from the same point of view as other people where they're just like, how the fuck do you make that? Yeah. So, no, I definitely, yeah, I can relate. Back to the original point. It, tri- it trips me out. Yeah. So, um, the first dark, the, the only, well, no, the first one, cause darky, I did, he was in the gunk rock interview too, but, um, mm-hmm. the first time I talked to darky and I want to talk to, to bro again, it's way overdue for us to do a second interview. I might have, <laughs> have to get him on a zoom call. I'm going to hit yeah, bro up. Yeah, hit, I'm him, hit, up. Bro up. hit him up. It's it's long overdue for <laughs> a darky interview, but like, yeah, facts. he was talking about how he kind of linked up with you before really, really anybody musically, 
mm-hmm. uh, before so, the rest of Spider Gang. How did that? How did that relationship yeah. come together? So the way he and I actually linked up, it wasn't even based off of music. Like he and I, so he and I went to CSU Long Beach. He was going for film. I was going for music. And uh, I was going for trumpet performance, not even related to like any like production or anything like mm-hmm. that. I wasn't even making beats at the time. It was back in like 2016. And uh, he and I just happened to get, uh, we happened to be sweet mates, meaning that he had a dorm that was right next to mine and we basically shared bathrooms. Yeah. And um, so he and I became acquainted through there. I became friends with him and his roommate. Uh, that whole situation is a long ass story that uh, <laughs> we're not going to get into, but long story short, him and a group of other kids started not fucking with us because Darkie wanted to move out of his original roommate's room because he was doing like a bunch of crazy shit, like doing Coke in the, in the dorm and fucking like bringing alcohol where it's not allowed yeah. and shit. And he was just like, bro, this is like way too hot. I need to get out of here. And uh, so I helped him move out. And so by me associating with him, he and I basically became like the outcasts of the dorm area. And uh, it was so like stupid. It reminded me so much of high school. And that's part of why I I left college because because it it just feels like the same thing over, especially if you live in the dorms. It's like high school, but like the fucking is in closer quarters. Yeah, it just, it just <laughs> I feel you, bro. Just still, I was, I, I wasn't even in the same situation as you, but like, I was in community college. It still felt like the same bullshit, bro. Yeah, exactly. But um, so yeah, his roommate and like a group of kids started, you know, spreading shit about us. Everybody at the dorm started like not fucking with us. It was me, him, and then uh, a third friend of ours named Anthony who uh, we still work with occasionally. And um, we were basically like the three amigos, you know, we, we were the three kids that would go out in the alley and smoke weed and shit and fucking like go to the aquarium and do acid. Like we all just like bonded as like people before we even started like bringing artistry into it. And uh, at this time I wasn't even creating like anything, not even drawing or anything like that. And um so at one point he like he, I'm, I'm in his room and he's working on a song this is back when he has like 32 followers on soundcloud like way at the beginning back when he was brahmin and uh he's like working on a beat and he's like hey bro like do you do music right and i'm like yeah he said can you help me with like these notes on this beat or whatever and uh he had logic on his computer open and i had no idea how the fuck to navigate it <laughs> like i had no idea what i was doing but it intrigued me i saw that and i was like yo this this like looked really cool like i want to figure out how to do this but i had no laptop to work with so um eventually i end up buying a year subscription of soundtrap and I use that for like a couple of months. It's like an online doc. And it's honestly, if you're making beats on that, it's complete ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so, the, the drums on there are so fucking bad. And yeah, just like the editing is terrible. Don't, don't do it. But um, yeah, that was what I started out on. And then I forget how it happened, but the internet uh, modem or whatever the fuck on darkie's old computer stopped working so he couldn't connect to the internet anymore 
So it was basically useless to him. So then he bought a new computer, but he still had the old one. And I saw that he had that and I was like, hey, bro, are you going to do anything with that? Or can I just like take it or can I have it and like make beats off of it? It's like, yeah, go right ahead. And this is uh, back in like April of 2017. So that was when I really started like delving into like, like really making beats. And um, I was also at the conservatory at the time for music, for trumpet. And I noticed that slowly my time drifted away from like doing conservatory shit and like doing classes for that. And more towards just like making beats like I would actually skip some classes to just stay inside and like just work on a beat I was I had and um and then the year ended summer came and then uh he and I kind of worked a, we weren't like working closely together but I was just kind of sending him shit so this is like feedback this is like summer 2017 this time yeah this was back when okay. we were uh we had a we had a another collective it was called native cruiser records and it was me him anthony and then uh like a few other cats um who are local in the area and uh you know we made a few music videos at that time and uh i was putting a lot of time into just making beats i didn't even practice trumpet and so when august came around and we had to do placement auditions which is what the conservatory has at the beginning of each semester mm -hmm. for uh to determine like what chair placement you get in terms of like who is the best so like the best player will get principal chair principal first chair and then like it'll go down from there and then uh there are three there are three uh ensembles there's the wind symphony the symphonic band and the concert band concert band is the lowest symphonic is the middle and then wind symphony is the highest and then there's also the symphonic orchestra as well, which I was part of. And um, I didn't practice at all for those auditions. Like I was just putting all my time into making beats. And so when August came around, I was just like, it was at that point that I started thinking like, why am I really doing this? Like, why am I going to college for something that I haven't even put any of my time in lately? Yeah. So I, you know, I go into my audition like I'm not really expecting anything. I'm just like, I'm just going to wing it and, you know, do my best. And uh, the next day I checked the, I checked the placement list and they have me principal chair of the wind symphony, like the top group. And, and then they right have me the principal top. chair of the symphonic orchestra. Yeah. They have me right mm. at the top. And you and wasn't like, even practicing. That's cool. Like, yeah, no, it like, it was an honor to have that, but I saw that and like, I shat myself so hard. I was like, bro, like, this is so much pressure. Like, I don't even deserve this. Like, why am I even here? And um, like that whole semester, it just kind of declined. Like I just gave less and less of a shit about like what I was doing at the college. And finally, uh, I talked to my professor who was the one that gave me the scholarship and uh, like he was straight up with me. He told me, you know, like, I can't say that I'm not disappointed that like, you're not staying here at school. I think you're a really great player. And, you know, I wish you would stay. But he said, as long as you, as long as you're successful in music, he says, like, I did my job. And, you know, like, that's all I really care about. That's real as fuck. That's yeah. As fuck. Yeah. And, you know, so like, and at the time I was, I was also facing a lot of backlash from my parents too and um because they wanted me to stay in and all that so getting that from him was really like a reassurance for me to like actually go through with this 
Um, and a little disclaimer for everybody, don't do it the way I did because I was very rough with it. Like <laughs> I didn't have any plan. I had no job. I was broke as fuck trying to make the music shit work with like barely any followers, you know, like it definitely made me the person I am today. And, uh, I'm definitely better for it, but you know, it's definitely not the necessary path for everybody to take for sure. And, um, so yeah. Um, so that was when Darkie and I really started to work together, like late 2017, he and I, uh, came out with a project called ba uh, Backo. uh, P OG fans will know those pro these projects like space pricks and then, uh, psychonauts was like that was like the brahmin faded hippie magnum opus that was like our psychedelic like boom bap fucking just like that was our most like experimental and psychedelic project that we had ever made mm -hmm. and then uh right after that was when he made the shift a little darky and then that was when we dropped no hands and um i remember i we actually uh do you know who little ominous is i heard the name i think darky actually mentioned him to me yeah he uh he's Lil pump's cousin but um i hit him up for a repost or for him to like just post us on his page and it was like 40 bucks and fucking we got posted on his page it was the like the teaser video for no hands and that was like the first one that we actually got like a thousand views oh excuse me my voice cracked <laughs> we got a thousand views um within like the first week and he and i were both like yo like this shit is actually like really fucking working you know let, let's keep going with this and um so then you know that was when we were coming out with the og shit hash hash slinging slasher fucking um that was when we released kill yourself and that was basically my last project as fade a hippie before i made the transition to uh and then that summer, this is the summer of 20, he necessarily came up on this video. I think he was just like curious and looked at a little darky type beat on YouTube. And that's when he, that's where he found Wendigo. Like that was the only producer that was making little so darky wait, type. Wendigo uploaded a little darky type beat. That's how they meant? Little darky X, little vamp type beat. Yeah. And, I didn't even, um, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I had no and, idea that. I just, nah. I just remember talking to Wendigo. He's like, bro, I just heard this dude Darky, and I just hit him up. It's just like, I think he said something. It might have gone. Lines. It might have gone down like that. Uh, this is from my perspective, though. I remember he just sent me the video, and he was yeah. like, "Yo, like this producer's hella tight." And um, I'm gonna get real honest here. I heard like the way Wendigo was producing, and. Uh, I got, I'm not going to even going to lie to you. I got a case of sour grapes just, you know, mm -hmm. because, uh, like even now, like I admire his production. Like he's, he's just so talented, fucking, bro. bro. He's unreal. Like I really like, I, I look up to him as, as a, as an artist and as a producer and as a person too. Like he's a, he's a good ass dude. And you know, oh, for real. um, real humble too you know for all that talent just like hella humble
so I saw that and, um, you know, he started working with Wendigo and then that was when reckless behavior came out and that was featuring uh stone man who at the time was half metal Kaiba and uh Brahmin God or no, not Brahmin God. It was, um, what was his name? West End Ghoul. Shout out West End Ghoul. He's like a Chicago rapper. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't heard from him or seen from him lately. I hope he's doing good. But uh, yeah, so they released that. And then I think after that was uh, Are You Out of Your Mind? I think that was the first Darky song prod Wendigo, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. But um, yeah, so that's how we kind of met them. And then Shoot People You Don't Like Drop, that that had a song featuring uh, Birmingham God and Half Metal Kaiba. And then around like October is when uh, we met Black. And then like it, it go, at, that, at, at a certain point, like all the meetings of the different members of Spider Gang just kind of meshed together. Yeah. Like it just kind of gradually picked up momentum. So like, this is still in 2017, right? Correct? You're talking October at this, 2017? At, the, at this point, it's 2018 now. At this point, it's 2018 now? So, yeah. I remember when to go, because I'm still trying to fill in the gaps. Maybe I have to ask when to go this next time, because I know when to go himself, like, created the group Spider Gang. I don't know if he created yeah. that before he met Darkie, or yeah, did he? Yeah, he did. So he then, did. did he ask you guys to join in, or did it just kind of mesh together? Like, or just you kinda... know, I actually really, <laughs> I kind of forget, you know, how it kind of came to be. I just remember like him telling us about it. And then, uh, yeah, I actually really don't even know. <laughs> it, like, <laughs> it's really funny how I don't remember how it kind of became a thing. It just, it just became a thing, you know, like yeah. uh, at a certain point, we all just like, I think at first it was like six members. I give or take and uh it was like me him darky brumming god i want to say black salsa there could have been others but i can't remember and then you know the other members slowly came along dillinger mk eddie yeah. Flacco, all those people and uh i remember yeah <laughs> I remember um, during the Gunk Rock interview, I asked, I asked Darky, and I said, "So, so I know all members in Gunk Rock aren't in Spider Gang." And Darky was just like, "Yeah, we, you know, we just don't feel the need to have everybody be in Spider Gang." And right before I dropped the interview, they said, "Oh, fuck, we're in Spider Gang now." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yo, I'm about to drop this interview next week. Why you just explain why they're not?" Uh, <laughs> but it's just, just splicing audio yes they are in spider gang i should have did some shit like that yeah but, um, it's just mad <laughs> interesting how everything for you guys came together so organically like you guys were just met not even on the music tip in like you know what i mean got connected not even on the music tip and then how it just yeah organically so um you said no hands was like the first song to hit 1k yeah like, was yeah it pretty much it wasn't the first song to hit 1K, but it was the first song to hit 1K at the rate that it hit. Like, yeah. it was at a much quicker rate than all of our previous songs. And when did you really start to see his fan base start to come together at this Darkie's fan base? Because, like, he, that, his fan base grew so fast. 
like really, you know, really fucking fast, dude. I mean, from the point of view of like someone who works closely with him, I would have to say like all the way back, like when Shoot People You Don't Like came out. I think mm-hmm. that was when like the Darkie fans really started to roll in. Or like when Jack Daniels dropped or yeah. ISIS type B. Like it's when Darkie was in that really like cartoony era of his mm-hmm. music where it was a lot more like frantic and chaotic. Yeah. That was when like the fan base really started to kick in. Yeah, like that that era, like I remember like watching him around that era. I think I got on Darky he had like two thousand Instagram followers type shit. It may be like five five K or something on SoundCloud, maybe even less than yeah. that. And it's just like I knew the moment I saw him that I was instantly gonna be a huge fan. Like he's it's just one yeah. of those things that you look at him and there's just nothing like him. You know what I mean? You, art style sound wise. Yeah. And you listen to his music too. And it's, uh, it's funny. I was, I was, I forget who I was talking to this, talking to about this earlier, but, um, you know, like, I feel like I've kind of been jaded by working with the people in spider gang because like I were back to me working at the studio. I meet a lot of people who, you know, try to make music mm-hmm. and like a lot of their shit is just like, like the best way I could describe it is, um, like I have, I have musical synesthesia, meaning like when I hear music, I see like colors and like, uh, like textures and shit like that. Like if I hear a snare, I'll imagine it like having a certain shape and like yeah. almost sort of visualizing it. And uh, whenever I like listen to Spider Gang or like anybody who's like coming up in this scene that we've kind of created, I see a lot of colors and like textures and shit. Like there's a vivid picture painted there. And then I go to like the studio and I meet like, not trying to shit on these people by any means, but like I listen to their music and it just like is gray for me. Like it's, uh, it's just black you. and white and just like, it doesn't stand out. You feel me? Like there's no, not I 100% that, know what you're saying. Yeah. There's, there's not that taste of eccentricity, like that little, that little spice that you add to it. It's almost like, I don't know if it's the same for you, but like, it's kind of maybe it's like a developed skill but it's i'm at the point to where like bro i can tell you within like a minute of meeting you and hearing your music whether you're gonna whether you're gonna do yeah. something you know what i mean whether you're really no, gonna for be sure and i think i think i think everybody's kind of got that sense for sure like in, in a way so other people stronger than others but um you know like it, it, like even when i was at the studio and i was playing beats like they were just like bro like this shit is something different you know and you know like this isn't like what these other producers are doing mm-hmm. uh i just realized that sounded very egocentric fucking nah, nah, uh nah, nah, nah. but all, um you know yeah you know like it's just one of those things i think for me like i take pride in it because for a long time, I've always been very self-conscious about, like, does my sound stand out? And, like, do I have my own? Or, like, yeah, you got your own, like, thing going for you. And, you know. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. People really do, like, more than others have, like, that kind of eye for, like, oh, yeah, this this dude's going to do it. Like, this, he's going to make it. Yeah. Um. 
when you met him, I definitely had that with Wendigo. When um, when you met uh, Darky, was his art style always kind of like that? Did he already have that art style? Was he already kind of drawing and focused on that, or did that kind of start to develop along with the music? Like the uh, like the rubber hose cartoon kind of thing. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. like the nineteen twenties animation type shit. Yeah, because I remember um, he was saying. No, my bad, I didn't mean to cut you yeah. off, bro. No, you're good, bro. Um, no, he uh, he definitely like drew and like had hit like his own like art thing going, but it was a lot more, uh, I would say, computer generated in that like mm-hmm. he made the pictures more just in like Photoshop and shit. And um, I don't even really know what to call the style of art that he did. It was more. Uh, our art fiends are gonna shit on me for saying this but it kind of reminded me of like picasso in a way Mm -hmm. just in the way that it was all based on like basic shapes and shit and um but uh yeah so yeah he, he 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 does a lot of different shit he also did a lot of like photoshop uh cover art like for the psychonauts cover art he um did like a bunch of collages for different for each of the different songs so they all had like their different unique covers yeah. and shit um like there was one where it was like a vaporwave sounding song and uh he had like a picture of um like classical clouds and there was like a greek like it, it was a it was like the greek pantheon in the background and it was zeus and and, and like icarus reaching to each other and there's like a uh, by Zeus's hand and shit yeah like he like he he would just do a bunch of different creatives he's always and that's you know back to what we were saying about like knowing that somebody's got like that it factor like when I met Darky I like immediately knew like yeah this this kid's got something like he's onto something for sure even back when he was Brahmin I feel like because everybody says, oh, they can develop and stuff. And that's true to an extent. But I feel like there's a basis of natural talent when it comes to music. Yeah, you know what I mean? For sure. And, you know, like, there's definitely some truth to anybody can make music. Because, yeah, anybody can make a beat. Anybody can rap on time. But it definitely um, it definitely takes, like, that special something for somebody to stand out that not everybody has. And I think that's both a good thing and like, you know, front, depending on your point of view, a bad thing, just in terms of, you know, there's some people who are blessed with that talent, but they don't utilize it properly. Yeah. They don't monetize it. And you have this other person who like say would have the drive that like compensates for that, but they don't have the talent per se. It's like, well, damn, like if I only had that kind of talent, like I could be like up, you know, like I've already got the work ethic and shit so um you know depending on who it is it's a gift and a curse for sure and there are people who are hella talented who you know don't really like that they have that gift yeah which i've always you know found a little weird you know if if you have something really good out everybody's got their own purpose that they want to fulfill so um you can't really knock anybody for at least trying on that no, that's facts. That's facts. So, um, did Darky kind of help 
develop your sound as a producer at all or were you just did you just kind of dive in on your own did you guys kind of de- help develop each other's sounds i guess if that would really make sense i would say yeah i would say it was definitely like a hand-in-hand thing at the beginning though it was for sure like him helping develop my sound just because i was so unsure on like what constituted a good beat mm-hmm. and um I would just send him demos of like my shit and I'd be like, yo, what do you think of this? And um, be like, yeah, like change this up. I fuck with this part, maybe add like an instrument here or whatever. And um, he, he, we would just do stuff like that. But then eventually I got to the point where I was like, I guess self. And then it came to a point to where like I would start making my own kind of beats and he would hear them and be like, yo, like I want to work with that. And so I would send that to him. And uh, I would say my come up as a producer is different than others in that like, I didn't start off with like selling beats on YouTube or, you know, just like sending beats to other artists. Like I already had like my guy to work with at the beginning. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it, it became more of a hand in hand thing. And then I think once Wendigo came around Cause I'm gonna be honest. I think Wendigo kind of kind of encapsulates the darky sound a little bit better than I do. Um, just in terms of like he, like darky's energy is a very chaotic and visceral, and yeah. I would say that Wendigo's energy on his beats is very similar to that, and it complements it very well. So I would say like once once he kind of came into the picture, that's when like darky had like his own sound separate from like anybody like any other producer and then uh and then salsa came into the picture and that's when like the sneaky nocturnal darky came into the picture and then um i would say like my spot is like it, i used to really like making trap beats but lately i've been really transitioning to more like a jazz neo soul like uh boom bap kind of oriented sound yeah just because i think it's a lot more uh it's a lot more of a soulful kind of sounding genre you can really emote a lot more and darky he really likes my boom bap stuff you know like like anxiety or you know even Mm -hmm. composition 11 type shit and um so yeah like we i i kind of found that in terms of like the trifecta of producers that work for darky like that's kind of where we all fit in per se. Like Wendigo yeah. and I have even had conversations about it too. You still use Logic? Yeah. 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 You still you stayed on that program or you kind of explored other DAWs? Um, I actually just recently downloaded Ableton Live 10 Lite, the uh, the same one that Wendigo uses, the eight track mm-hmm. limit. And uh, I've been meaning to try to get into that, but it's just been so fucking confusing. Yeah. Like it's so different from logic and, um, you know, like I've had too many ideas that I don't have the time to like put in like the work to figure out Ableton, like just go to logic and make whatever idea I have. But yeah, um, I've also like dabbled in FL before, but Mm -hmm. you know, that's a more, um, I would say FL is a more loop oriented DAW and I like to make my shit progress a lot more so and that's what logic is really good for it's very streamlined and how like the workflow is yeah so what was um you know you said you were in school for actually trumpet and stuff like that what were your early musical influences what kind of led you into 
you know, playing trumpet, going to school to do that. What were you listening to early on? Well, actually, I remember, uh, do you remember the leapfrogs that you would have as a kid? Mm -mm. Have you never heard of a leapfrog? Oh, bro. It's like the first, uh, it was like an Amazon Kindle before a Kindle's even existed. You mean the the leap pad? Yeah, the leap pad. Yeah, Yeah. I have one of them shits, bro. Yeah. (laughs) And I I have... I had like the the encyclopedia one where mm-hmm. it had like different like pages for different subjects and there was a musical one that uh I would constantly like go to the different instruments and shit and I would constantly like press on the trumpet one and um like that was just the one that I really liked so I remember being 3 years old and being like mom can I have a trumpet she was like someday someday <laughs> and then uh and then uh, I remember my music teacher in elementary school, he played trumpet, Mr. Sutherland, shout out him. He, uh, he would, you know, in between like him teaching us uh, recorder and like hitting the sound tubes and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he would play trumpet for us. Like he would play Star Wars or Indiana Jones, like all the crazy, like, like the movie soundtracks yeah. with, like, the, with like the iconic trumpet lines. And uh, he would do like the Imperial March and shit. And uh, I just thought it was so cool. And um, I remember when fifth grade came around, that was when you're eligible to start doing band. And I remember immediately, I'm like, I'm picking the trumpet. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I just started going to band for that in fifth grade. And I was just hooked on it for like a minute. And actually, I wasn't really listening to a whole lot of people that played trumpet per se. Um, there was one song that also got me into trumpet, though. I um, I will say that it was a uh, Penny Lane by the Beatles. Have you heard that one? I, I pro- honestly, if someone played it, probably. Yeah, it's got that piccolo trumpet solo at the end, and um, that song is uh, it, it's really important to me because it, I they my mom played it a lot as when I was a kid. But also my mom's name is Penny and my legal name is Lane. And uh, so and when I was born, they were singing that in the nursery as you know. Yeah, Penny Lane is in my ears and in my eyes. And so, yeah, that's just kind of been a thing between me and my mom. Like we'll occasionally listen and I'll be like, hey, it's our song. So but, uh, were you at yeah. this point trying kind of like, I know I want to have a career in music or were you just kind of like, it was something you just kind of did? You know, it's, it's really funny because, uh, I don't know what it was, but through like, even throughout my childhood, I didn't know what necessarily I was going to do. Like I wanted to do a bunch of shit, but I just knew that I wanted to do something in music. Cause I grew up, cause my parents listened to a whole bunch of like different genres and shit. Like, um, one day what my dad would listen to Eminem when we're in the car and then like, the next day he would listen to like Lincoln Park or Soundgarden um, or like Alice in Chains type shit. Like I grew up on, mainly as a kid, I grew up on a lot of rock and like a lot of grunge music yeah. from the 90s and shit. No, I feel that. And then uh, I remember when Audio Slave came out and like I, that was also when I found out about Rage Against the Machine. I started fucking with them a lot. And I remember Chris Cornell, the lead singer of Audio Slave and Soundgarden rest in peace to him oh um, r.i.p bro I was, remember that day 
Yeah, bro, that was a sad that day. day. But he was like, he was a huge role model for me when I was in like, when I was in elementary school. He was like a huge, uh, like influence for me. And um, I also got into like Red Hot Chili Peppers and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it wasn't necessarily like listening to trumpet players that made me want to get into music. It was just listening to music in general, just like constantly being around it. Like I like it just made me want to do it. So basically what happened is uh, we just got a little cut off. Call got disrupted. Um, I probably, I definitely have shitty internet connection. I'm at a hooks at New Hampshire right now. I don't get any service unless I'm connected to the Wi-Fi out here. So we just had um, some shitty connections. But I'm going to wait for um, Cubensis to come back on. I just sent him the invite link. And then we're going to get rolling. Uh, oh, wait. There we go. Cool. Word. Can you hear me? You're back. Yeah, I can hear you. You know what I realized? Hell yeah. Um, what? I didn't even know they did this because I watched the first screen recording. And apparently, like, it's lit because when you talk, yeah. it'll just show, like, you. And then when I talk, it just showed me until I split up the grid. Huh. That was mad interesting. I don't know if it, like, picked up oh, who that's was talking. But, like, oh, that was fucking lit. I think I've seen that on, like... Yeah, I think I've seen that on like newscasts before, where they have like Zoom interviews yeah. with like, politicians. But I always assume I just assume they had I don't know some way of I don't know I don't even know, bro. <laughs> yeah, who knows so, how it works? It works. It works. It's all that <laughs> matters. But what I asked you before we got cut out is because uh, we were talking about Chester, Chris Cornell. You ever seen the videos of them doing duets on stage and shit? Like they did crawling together. By like nah, they did, did they crawling together? Yeah, there's a there's a. Uh, a version of Lincoln Park doing crawling with Chris Cornell. Um, Damn, that's crazy. And you said they did Hunger Strike, uh, Hunger Strike too. Yeah, they did a Hunger Strike together too. From a Damn. Like Tem- Temple that's of the Dog. That's crazy. I gotta look that up when this is done. Definitely, bro. There's a there's a few videos of Chester and Chris going back and forth together on stage. Huh. Um, those are my yeah, favorite things. I kn- as a kid. Yeah, I know they were really good friends. Like really good friends. I heard. Um, I mean, from just doing research and stuff after after uh, Chris Cornell died, Chester was having like a mad hard time with that. It mm-hmm. just did not make anything easier what he was going through. But um, yeah. So shit. Oh 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 yeah. Yeah, the video. Okay. It's it's it freezes yeah, at were- some points. You like we're going in slow motion for a second, like even the <laughs> audio it was weird. It was like what he was going through. <laughs> <laughs> it's done that a few times. I think honestly, bro, it's the connection on my end. I'm in fucking hooks at New Hampshire right now. And like that's like the sticks type <laughs> shit. And I don't Yeah. Also it is about my parents' connection too. Possibly. Possibly. I mean, I, I know that it'd probably go a lot oh. smoother if I was at my own house. But anyways, we're back. Yeah. 
Little Q Bed Sis. Um, I might split that first video because we actually went for about an hour, and we usually do thirty minute parts. So I might split that into two parts, and then call this part three. Okay, for um, sure. So, you the, you even said like as a producer, you did start out like how everybody else did because even Wendigo, he just started kind of. He said he was in school, um, and then I think I gotta remember back on the conversation. I think. He said he saw someone making beats or something like that. And he's like, oh, that's lit. Let me try it. And then he kind of just got hooked on making beats from there. Yeah, um, I, think that's, I think that's how he described it to me. But he <sighs> was just kind of uploading beats. You know what I mean? Before he really met Darky, he was just kind of like mm -hmm. uploading beats online. And you said you kind of started um, just with the artist, which it, from what mm -hmm. I've seen for producers is usually the best route to go. Is starting off. It is. I will with say. Artists. I will say. Yeah, it is, and but I will say, and like Darky will agree to this. Um, I think one of the downsides to it is that my identity as like a producer is sort of tied in with Lil Darky, and like mm -hmm. there's no like inherent problem with that. But I have found, and he and I have actually discussed this, that that's not necessarily sustainable for me, like me personally. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, like I, I announced on Twitter that I was going on a hiatus or whatever. And um, like through this time, like I've really been kind of just like meditating on what kind of producer I want to be. You feel me? Like Wendigo and I actually had a conversation about this. I think it was over a year ago, like when I first met him. And uh, obviously there are like a whole bunch of different types of producers, but we deduced them down to three different types, specifically for like the rap game. You have the placement producer, who's like the Metro Boomins, the Ronnie J's, Pierre Bournes, all that. And then uh, you have like the behind the scenes producers like Frank Dukes or Mike Dean, where they do a mm -hmm. lot of the synth and guitar work for Kanye and Travis Scott and all those guys. And then there's a third, which is like the curator type, where like, it, like Kanye West could be classified as that or like, uh, like uh, Quincy Jones. Yeah where they kind of like make their own instrumentals and then they get people to hop on them and they like mix it and, you know, or even like gorillas where they kind of like collaborate with a bunch of different artists to kind of create yeah. uh, like a musical Voltron. And uh, that's, that's kind of what I've been wanting to do with my music lately. So, I mean, not that I'm going to stop sending beats to the boys or anything like that, but I'm definitely going to start putting a lot more focus into just like, developing my own page and like my own sound and just like just trying to establish a name for myself separate from like any like particular artist yeah no that's that definitely that definitely makes sense because a lot of artists like i feel what you know darky was kind of saying like a lot of artists or producers can get lost in just that one artist and then when that one artist moves on and starts working with other producers you know what I mean there? No, and you know what I mean? You might have not was, made the next album. That was definitely I mean? that was definitely like I went through a period of that with Darky. Like that like when I was saying that I was, you know, really kind of weird when Wendigo first came in the picture. Uh, like that was uh that was definitely like a period of time where I got kind of lost in it because it, it's funny for me to describe it like this, but it was almost like kind of being broken up with mm -hmm. like <laughs> Like, you know, he kind of dumped me for another producer or whatever, but he didn't really. He was still using my beats and shit. But, yeah. Um, it just kind of, there was another producer in the picture, so it made it a little, 
more difficult. Yeah, it's like to... it's like, oh, what's what's he doing here? You know? like, <laughs> <laughs> it was never really that. Like I've always yeah. loved, I've always loved when to go to death, and I've I've even talked to him about it. Like, yeah, bro. Like at the beginning, I was really just like chirping, <laughs> and uh, but now he and I kind of look at it as like a sort of friendly rivalry, where it's like, you know it kind of keeps that friendly competition. Like we're constantly trying to outdo each other at this point. We're kind of doing our own thing. We're not like actively doing that, yeah. but that's just kind of a thing that sits in the back of our minds is like a little motivator. Just like, all right, I got to outdo this person, but you know, like they outdo me. It's whatever, you know? Yeah. It's friendly we competition. All, yeah. We all kind of have that respect and like acknowledgement that like, we're all, you know, really good at what we do. And, you know, it's, it every like every you know every time somebody's gonna come out on top and uh yeah it, like like we're we me him and salsa especially like all really kind of like look at each other and like really admire what we have to offer for like the spider gang sound and then of course of course corpse too because he had like he's really developed as a rapper as of late but his production is really good as well word so like where do you what do you kind of want to do? Do you are you kind of aiming to be that placement producer now? Is that really no, what you're going actually, for? That's kind of what I was doing for a while. I mean, I, I wasn't doing it to like a huge magnitude. Like I was just doing it with like my friends and shit. But um, I kind of want to move towards like the curator. Like um, you know, like I want to like I want to have a tape where I have just a bunch of beats that I made and they feature artists that I think would sound good on like each of the beats. And, uh, or, you know, just even releasing like uh, a single every two weeks. Like, um, have you been listening to uh, the Gorillas recent shit? Like their song yeah. machine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like kind of seeing what they've been doing really kind of sparked something in me. Like, oh, I kind of want to do something like that. Where it's like a, where it's like a, it's similar with like darky shit too, where they have like a regularly scheduled, okay, we're going to drop it like every month type of shit for me i almost think it would be like bi-weekly like every two weeks i drop something new and um yeah it would just feature like a different artist i like i fuck with or you know um someone that i think would sound good on a particular type of instrumental because that's another thing too like i really want to explore like the different sounds that i'm capable of of making um because you know the no melody scream rap shit like that's cool and you know there's definitely a lane for that but for me personally, it's definitely gotten very stale. I've heard a lot of just, you know, the same shit. In longevity wise. It's yeah. Not. Even out of myself too. Like I've gotten to the point where I'm like, damn, I'm kind of just making the same beat over and over again. Um, so I'm just kind of trying to push myself to pursue different sounds and not try to like stay within this one thing. So selling beats. How do how do you feel about that whole thing? Is that really like a game you you trying to you trying to stay in, or are you just kind of like? Yeah, I mean, I make money off of it, and you know, um, it's not something I want to do forever. Like, I'll definitely say that. Um, but you know, it's a way to get by. I you know make decent money off of it, and um, a lot of the beats that I put up on my YouTube are just beats that I don't care for, and that people that I fuck with don't really care for. So it's just like, okay, you know, somebody's going to fuck with it. And yeah, they usually do. They'll buy it off of me. So, um, yeah, uh, 
I hate to give away my formula like that. A lot of my YouTube beats are like my, uh, you could call them B sides or C sides. <laughs> the same way for me, bro. I don't, I hate selling beats, bro. But like the beats that I upload on YouTube are the ones that I couldn't get to anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, even like, uh, like, uh, like, you know, shot of flow by Emily Chapa. Mm-hmm. Apparently that beat the producer, he was like, yeah, it was just like one out of like 10 of the same beat that I made. And I just posted it on YouTube and he fucked with it. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, you never know. Someone, you, you, someone's going to find it. No, that's facts. Like you, you could upload one of those beats on YouTube and all of a sudden a year later, that could be like a hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like without yeah, even expecting it. Facts. But I definitely like the idea, like what you were saying, of producers getting other artists on their songs. It's actually what I do. My first, my first track that I dropped. Um, I didn't last... even know that you produced. Yeah, I've been making beats for almost ten years. Damn, my bad for not knowing. That. <laughs> nah, it's all it's all good. I I know Darky's got a song to one of my beats I haven't heard yet. He told me he recorded. Oh, I left him into it in L.A. I've been. He's like, yeah, it's done. I just got to mix it. I'm like, bro, can you send it to me? <laughs> Bro, he does oh, that. I hear it. <laughs> he does that with everybody. Like it's it's not an exclusive thing that I've done that or he's done that to me. It's where I'll like send him a pack of beats. I'm like, hey, are there any that you're fucking with? He's like, yeah, I'm gonna record on them in like the next week, and then like a month will go by. I'm like, hey, you gonna do something with that? It's like, yeah, bro, I promise. And then, well, like, well, for yeah. me, I was when I was in his when I was in Cali and I was at his crib. I just played him the beats, and he's like, yo, drop me that. That shit sounds. That shit. He he had me give him two. He's like, yo, send me that one that sounds like that NBA young boy shit. Cause I never hop on <laughs> like that. And then there was just one that was just like I had like an alarm sound and I had put a heavy eight oh eight on it. Oh, um, uh, just like some yeah some freestyle type shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. He said he recorded a freestyle like the next morning. Cause I texted him like five days later. I'm like, yo, cause someone wanted the beat. And he's, right. I'm like, yo, did you do anything with this? He's like, yeah, I actually already recorded it. It's just not mixed. Of like that you like <laughs> said it to me that I hear back. But I mean hopefully one day I'll hear it and I'll get a yeah. darky placement. But bro, I've been making beats for like 10 years. It's just like since I was 16, it's just I just never really tried to get placements or tried to put mm-hmm. them out. It's just kind of like something I did. And then like Yeah. I probably say in the last two years is when I really started like, all right, I'm gonna be chasing this shit. But my first producer track I put out last July, because I I was like hell bent on getting 10 cell phones and nascar allo on the same song that was like a goal of mine did you get and you got oh, it yeah, yeah. it's out it's out hell right yeah. now. it's called tnt it's been out for a little over a year now oh uh, word i'm a real well it. it's actually a, a, i think it just about to hit half a million plays in total word. so it's doing well uh, damn okay but i encourage because like in that that's kind of like that's kind of like my example, how you were saying producers are perfectionists. I was the same way because I had 10th part recorded and I'm like, I got to have the perfect beat switch for NASCAR to come in. And it was like perfecting mm-hmm. that shit for like months, bro. Fuck yeah. yeah. But and I you encourage know, producers to do that and go that route. Like we really need yeah. to start doing that more. And, you know, like um, another thing that I've, it's something that I've had to learn to embrace, but it's something that I've noticed with my workflow. I make beats a lot slower than other people do. Um, no, same. Yeah, like I'll take like multiple days to complete one beat just because I need it to sound like absolutely perfect how I imagined it. And, um, you know, there's definitely a merit to making beats fast. Like, and there's definitely exceptions to the rule. Like Wendigo can whip up a beat in 30 minutes and it could be as good as something I make in three days. But, um, I, you know, I definitely encourage a lot of producers, like take your time on your shit, you know? 
really kind of like develop it and like the best way I could describe it is tell a story without like even having any words just have the beat like have a narrative I mean, that's yeah I love I like that I like that actually that's a good way to describe it for a lot of producers I feel like a lot of producers struggle and they get too like in their head when it comes to you know what I mean? Like I, I do the same things. I work with producers, bro. Like I've been in, I've been in the, um, cause I'll be real. I don't like doing drums and structuring. I'm a music guy. Like I like to play <laughs> instruments. I like to, yeah. I play, I play piano. I play ukulele and I can scratch oh, like do okay. DJ shit. But, um, word. Okay. Yeah. I was actually a DJ for like six years before I stopped and started doing the podcast. You know, but, I've um, actually, been, I've been trying to like figure out how to get, uh, like a DJ scratch, machine into logic because i really want to work with like live scratching on yeah just get like um if you can afford a turntable to mix or anything just download serato you can record your scratches right in serato um that's actually what i want to start doing is actually uh i want to start doing features as bobby d but i'm gonna scratch up the record actually that's an idea that i had (laughs) but um (laughs) yeah it's like fucking but i just I, I know mad producers because I've been into making loops and a lot of producers I send the loops to like if after the 10 minute mark like I'm done with the beat you know what mm-hmm. I mean but I'm just Wendigo like, has the same rule too yeah he's like yeah. after 10 minutes if I'm not fucking with it then I'm just gonna move on I mean I think I feel like every producer works different I work more or less kind of like you do like I'll take like I'm perfectionist like I'll, if I know this shit's gonna be good and this shit's gonna hit I'm gonna take forever like adjusting that that one little hi-hat roll or or making sure i mean would the snare sound good like this or like this you know what i or mean should i add a different snare should i add like a different counter melody here yeah or should i layer my snares or should i layer the snare with a clap or anything yeah. like that you know what i mean like but then there are producers like you were just saying when to go like after like 10 20 minutes like it's done but it's yeah just like, it, that's always blown my mind too like just watching him make a beat it's so fucking <laughs> it trips me out like i remember watching him do it for a second and i was like fuck bro why can't i do that why can't i make a beat at that speed but you know um even he acknowledges like yeah like sometimes i will take time on my beat like to where he'll take like two or three hours to get it right yeah but um even then that's like super quick i've always i've always admired that kid's workflow for like everybody at the same time every i feel like every producer is different and i feel i feel like yeah. every producer should acknowledge that because i feel like producers look at other producers and like yo he can do that in 10 minutes but i can't type deal but like i think i feel like every producer should kind of start to realize like their own strength yeah like, and that's and that's something that i've taken a long time to realize like only up until recently have i kind of like seen the pattern of which i work on my beats and to where um Cause for a while I would just make a beat and then like, just kind of like let it sit and then wait for the next idea to hit. But now that I know how my workflow is, I can like pump out a beat in like two days and then like, okay, next idea, two days work on that. Boom. Next one, two days, boom. And then it's just like, now I'm starting to get this cycle going to where it's like, okay, now I'm starting to figure out like, okay, this is how it works. Word. So, like, I feel like bad producers are just, like, hella confused about how, you know, a lot of the industry works and, like, mm-hmm. getting paid for their shit and stuff. So, like, when you, you know, you don't have to go into all sorts of numbers and shit, but, like, 
royalties versus selling beats and stuff like that are you very adamant on getting your royalties like when you sell a beat or are you just kind of like when i sell a beat i don't really give a shit you know um especially because no offense to anybody who buys my beats but a lot of the people who buy my beats like they don't really pull in that big of numbers so it doesn't really you know i don't really see the whole point in trying to like monetize the royalties off of it Mm-hmm. like when they buy when people buy at least they're like oh how much do you want on the percentage and I just go dude i don't really care you know for me yeah. whenever somebody buys a lease it just means other people can buy the beat afterwards yeah because because like I, I feel like leasing is also another thing that producers are confused on because i go off that too like you know what i mean other people can buy the beat but then other producers like you get like fifty thousand plays and you got a release type deal you know what i mean something it's just the music industry is so uh, – it's the most unprofessional industry in the world, and I feel like that's yeah. where people get confused. Well, and the thing is, too, is that, like, maybe it's because I come from the perspective of, like, an artist in terms of, you know, I don't really care about the money as much as, say, other people do. Mm-hmm. Like, there are some great artists out there that are great at monetizing their work and more power to them, but, you know – I'm just one of those people who, um, while I do want to make a good living off of this, I'm just not as like adamant about like, you got to pay me, you know, once you get this amount of plays or whatever. I just kind of view that as being a little anal. Yeah. And I don't think everybody has time to keep, I don't have time to keep up with all that, bro. Exactly. Like, bro, (laughs) that's too much. Like, that's too much energy to put into that, you know? No, that's facts. That's facts as fuck. shit as far as like uh advice for other producers because there are so many producers i know that are just stuck bro like and just kind of approach the whole industry wrong like i feel like a lot of producers like don't perfect their beats before they go and try to sell them or before they go to try to get placements you know what i mean yeah so they're setting bad beats out constantly because bro i know so many artists they're like yo i get like 40 emails and all the beats are garbage yeah you know what i mean so advice for other producers do you have any advice for other producers who are really just trying to get their name out there i mean for me like what i could say is you know don't be afraid to take your time you know if your shit isn't up to your standard of what you think it should sound like you know work at it a little bit more i know that's contrary to a lot of what a lot of other producers say they're like bro just get as many like 30 to 40 beats a day and just send them out you know that's how you get placements yeah but if you have the inherent talent to make beats like like 30 beats a day and they all sound like decent but nobody hardly anybody has that ability yeah so you know just take your time you know make sure that shit sounds good and uh you know people are also super uptight about like bro i'm getting older by the day and i've even had anxieties of this i'm 22 going on 23 in january and um you know like don't worry if you're not where you want to be at this point like fucking two chains blew up at 35 
bro that's facts <laughs> like i'm i've had this i've had the same shit bro i actually just turned 25 so like yeah. i've had i had the same like the same thing it's like damn bro i'm really 25 years old and not all where i want to be but i met this dude in la he runs high seas tattoo studio and high seas recording studio his name is sean lindauer okay um he's i think he just turned 39 but um he's produced he did lil zan's breakout hit betray he did um oh, he produced okay. recurrency i'm pretty sh- i i don't know jadakiss maybe i'm getting that wrong but i know currency Word. for a fact is one but um he even put out something on his story and he was telling me he's like bro every day is just like you know, every day I feel like it's just one step closer to figuring it out. You know what I yeah, mean? So you just got to sure. kind of take it day by day. And he was even telling me, he's like, bro, I didn't even start tattooing or doing anything till I was like 28. Like I didn't figure yeah. anything out till I was 28. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you got time, bro. And then looking at it like Jay-Z, bro, Jay-Z ain't even drop his debut album until he's 26. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, exactly. There's... I think with this age of like a lot of young artists blowing up, people kind of have this idea like, oh, I got to do it while I'm young. You know? Yeah. When I really think that, I honestly think it's more important to like get that life experience and, you know, really kind of just like get that time as a human being and just like living a normal human life before, you know, you really take that step into like another level of infamy or like people knowing who you are. Cause if you're not solid before you blow up, bro, it's going to be a lot harder to get solid when you are up. Trying to figure, trying to figure out life as you're blowing up basically. Yeah. As this, as a surreal shit that isn't technically real life for a lot of people is happening to you. You still don't know what the fuck is going on. And that's just a recipe for, you know, a breakdown, you know? And it's like, I feel a lot of people like, especially with today's day and age where social media is so prominent and you have fucking 15 year olds blowing up on the internet. Like, I feel like that is where a lot of people get in their heads about it. And this is especially where I get in my head about it. Like, bro, I didn't get, I didn't even have a phone until I was like a freshman in high school like type <laughs> shit. Yeah. And you know what I mean? These kids are growing up on the internet. It is just like, I don't know. I had to kind of take a step back for a second and realize that, you know what I mean? My age really had nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people need to take a step back and realize that, like you just said, none of this shit is really real. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, when, as you get bigger, it just gets less and less real. Yeah. um, Especially like with the people that, you know, surround yourself with and all that you know once you start picking up numbers people start to act different around you i know you people hear that all the time from big artists but there's a reason why you hear it all the time it's true like people will change up and um you know and that's another thing too make sure your circle is strong before you blow up too like you don't want you don't want to be surrounded by you know fuck shit when you're blown up or you know blow up on your own and then get surrounded by people who are just around you for the money yeah or the clout it's um that's why i'm so happy that i have spider gang because you know not only are they talented artists for me to work with they're also just like good grounded people for me to just like confide in and talk to and um you know they could say the same thing about uh, every member could say the same thing and um that's just really important you know um also don't force it don't try to, you know, try to force a meeting with anybody. Let that, let the, let it happen organically. 
Yeah, I feel like mad people, like, you know what I mean? Producers and stuff, especially, or even just anybody, when they get in the position to meet somebody, they're more or less just asking for shit right off. You know what yeah, I mean? They're trying to yeah. build a genuine relationship and being genuine. You know what and I mean? There's one thing that I've, that I've started doing, too, is, uh, well, that I've stopped doing. I've stopped, like, going out of my way to meet people. I've become a lot less of a pusher and just a lot more of a polar in that, like, I just kind of stay back and like let them introduce themselves to everybody you know like let them have their time and then eventually they're gonna spot me on my computer doing something or they're gonna be curious like hey what are you doing yeah and um that's another thing that wendigo uh that wendigo has talked about it he said be the one in the room that's doing shit and people will gravitate towards you so you know that's just what i've started doing especially at the studio i'll just be in there cooking up just whatever and then somebody will just like come up and be like, hey, like what you got there? And um, yeah, that's just how it works. You know, if you try to push yourself on everybody, they're going to see right through it. Yeah, they're going to they're going to see it as this disgenuine, which just if that even did I use that word correctly? Disin, disingenuous. Disingenuous. Yeah. <laughs> trying to use bigger <laughs> words. But that's um, <laughs> one thing because I've, I've gotten asked. It happens to me a lot from people younger than me, like what? I've had this question asked multiple times and it's mad weird that it's been worded kind of the same way every time. What advice would you give to somebody years younger than you? I've been asked that question so many times and bro, I always say just be fucking genuine because the minute you're not yeah. genuine, people are going to know that. Bro, and I can speak from experience, like a lot of like my childhood, I've because I moved around a lot as a kid and I was always just constantly trying to like blend in with everybody and you know just try to like be one of those like just be one of the kids in school but it never really succeeded people pick up on it and they're just like why are you doing this thing that I'm doing you know and um you know it's always just a lot not to say that you can't have your personality be inspired by people that you look up to you know like um like I have a lot of sayings that I say that you know, are me, but I also pick them up from people that I know and that like I admire, admire about them and incorporate that into who you are. Don't necessarily copy what they're doing, but sort of try to emulate what you admire the most in the people that, that you admire, that you idolize. Yeah. And, um, you know, eventually you just become like a cocktail of a bunch of different people. And then that's how you become like a person. You know, that's basically what we all are. We're just a mixture of a bunch of different people together. And now we're like these meat things. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's perfect. That makes perfect sense because everybody, whether they want to admit it or not, everybody's influenced by something and somebody in a bunch of different yeah. things. And we're all just a combination of people, you know? Exactly. But I feel like trying to make whatever you're influenced by yours is most important. Like yeah to make exactly your thing, your thing yeah for sure because it's one thing to say like if somebody like made music inspired by mac miller like it had that similar like sound that he had it'd be different than if somebody just made like a song that sounds like what mac miller would make exactly <laughs> like it's one thing to be inspired by somebody but it's another thing to like directly try to be like somebody yeah exactly exactly and that's one thing I, I mean, I feel like I constantly see in music now um, is like 
I think it's great. I think it's a wonderful thing that everybody has the ability to make music now. That every yeah, because now because like if twenty twenty was like nineteen eighty, you wouldn't have nearly all the artists you see, bro. You wouldn't the sound would be totally different. A lot of oh, the artists yeah. you see now would have never ever came out. You know what I mean? Like someone like yeah, look at someone like Darky who is incredibly talented. Anybody in the industry, bro, would be afraid afraid to touch him, bro, <laughs> just because of the Facts. controversy attached to the name, the art style, everything. But like yeah. something like that, as outrageous as it is, works now because he has the ability. Yeah, to it can it now himself. sustain itself. And it, 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 yeah, exactly. exactly. It is just like, kind of like. <clears throat> It's a beautiful thing at the same time. At the same time, it's produced a lot of clones. Like, you're probably next year or the year after, bro, you're going to see a shit ton of people rapping like Darky. Oh, I've already heard it. <laughs> I, have, I haven't yet. Yeah. But... No, people, people that buy my beats, they'll send me their songs that they make off of them, and, like, they're rapping just like Darky. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> I mean, hey, like, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say when you first start you will end up imitating some artist that's just how it starts no that's fact but but you cannot stick to that you have to move on from it at a certain point there's some people that don't get that message and they're just like oh yeah i'm gonna just keep making nascar music or like i'm gonna keep making little baby music or whatever dude like, i don't know who i really sounded like when i first started producing it it was i wasn't really sampling like because i was i really like just blaze growing up like i was a big just yeah. blaze guy but he samples a shit ton i wasn't really sampling so i mean mm-hmm. i guess i kind of start when i started i kind of just sounded like generic <laughs> like generic yeah no exactly like for me i wouldn't say that i had like a unique sound but i definitely was using instruments that like other people weren't using but mm-hmm. the quality just wasn't there like it was yeah. all very and just you know you know when you start out it's never good and that's another that's another word to producers. If you're looking to start out, don't be discouraged by your first shitty beat, which is bound to be your first beat. You know, like you're you're gonna have a lot of those. Believe it or not, I've made a shit ton of shitty beats. Bro, I still to this day make shitty beats. Yeah, same here. I've I have a shit ton of shitty loops in my computer right now that will never see the light of day. My favorite. But they're thing, there. My favorite thing is where you have. Um, you have like a, a beat you started like last night you go to bed and shit you wake up the next day and you listen to it you're like wow this is garbage <laughs> i yes, thought this was yes. so good at the time <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the night before you were like yeah this, yeah, is the this one. goes hard <laughs> and then you listen to it the next day like what was i on bro like what was i uh, it's like damn i was just fucking tired dude <laughs> yeah so you play any other instruments except trumpet or do you have any desire to get into any other instruments um, well, actually, I don't have them in this room right now, but I have uh, I have percussion instruments like I have I have congas, um, I have a kabasa, mm-hmm. and uh, I also just got a wood block too. Um, so I've been experimenting with like live percussion and shit. And then uh, I also played bass as a hobby when I was in like sixth grade through like eighth grade. I just like picked up guitar tabs and just kind of learned different songs and shit. Boy. Like I learned. Uh, I learned Let's Groove by Earth, Wind, and Fire and mm-hmm. like, Jewel of the Summertime by Audio Slave and shit like that. Like, I just, I just wanted to learn different songs and shit. But, so, um, yeah, other than that, I don't really play any other instruments. 
Do you feel like knowing music theory and stuff like that and knowing how, like, music works, basically, do you think that definitely gave you the leg up when you jumped into being a producer? For sure. Um, I definitely say, I would definitely say it's not required because uh, I know people who don't know shit in music theory and they make some of, like, the best melodies that I've heard. And um, I think... I think part of it is knowing music theory, but it's also just having like a good ear for like what sounds yeah. good. You know, I think that kind of goes back to what we were saying. Natural talent. Is yeah. Important. Yeah. Cause there are some people where like, I'll hear their beats and their 808s are like super out of tune. And it's just like, like you listen to some people's beats and you just wonder, you know, how do you not hear like what's wrong with this? Bro, it's one of my, <laughs> it's literally like my biggest pet peeve when people don't key their 808s or I send a loop <sighs> and I'll specifically say, this is A minor. The loop I'm sending yeah. you is in the key of A minor. And then yeah. the 808 won't even be keyed. It's just like, it'll boom, be like, boom, yeah, it'll boom. be like G or some, some shit, shit like, like step that. away. Yeah. i'm just like oh my god it's blatantly obvious and then another just... thing too uh like this is a small thing but producers don't be afraid to use different bases besides 808s no that's facts <laughs> bro that's facts as hell bro because everybody feels like I, it it's like i feel like five or so years ago it was kind of like the heavier bassier 808s and now it's got to the short <laughs> like the really like loud disgusting 808 yeah and and it's funny because people kind of see me as like that like one of those producers who has made like really disgusting 808s like especially on holocaust like that's the most infamous yeah where people are like bad yeah no and like there's not a bad thing at all it's just um i get a lot of questions like how did you make the 808 sound like that and um it's like, bro, I just stack like a bunch of distortion and shit like that on there. Like, I just tried to make it sound as disgusting as possible. Um, but, you know, like I've heard people like uh, do remakes of, you know, beats that we've made, like from Spider Gang. Like I heard somebody do an anxiety remake, like a remake of the anxiety beat. And um, when the beat came in, he was using an 808, which is not what I was using. I was just using like a like a sine wave sub bass, yeah. like something very simple and light, and it just comes in and just like rumbles the whole mix and shit, and it's just like, bro, this sounds nothing like it. I mean, look, a for effort, but you know, bro, that's like that's why like I'm also glad I got into producing before the whole tutorial wave kicked in because like when it came to start mm-hmm. like I was like because I still watch tutorials sometimes but when I when I started like watch tutorials I already knew how to make beats I already understood music mm-hmm. so it's like now I watch the tutorial I'm like well that's garbage advice <laughs> like you yeah exactly do that. I feel like people just, <laughs> it's like one of the downsides to again everybody having access to shit now is you see people trying to teach people and like the tutorials and they just do it all wrong yeah it's just Ugh. And it's also funny because you know people will ask me like different mixing tricks like did you add like a negative six decibel filter to your kick to give it more punch or whatever and i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> i just boosted the low end <laughs> that's it bro people people even mixing like mixing is an art i'm not gonna it discredit is, mixing sure. at all but people think about it way too much bro it's literally mm-hmm. just making it sound good like yeah there's no sounds. like there's no one set way of making something. Not at sense. all. 
not it's at all, all contextual. It's all contextual. It's all how you really want it to sound. You know what I yeah. mean? And you know, like a certain mixing technique that's used for one beat won't necessarily work for another. Exactly. There's all kinds of factors to put in, like even the key signature, believe it or not, has a factor to do with the mixing. And um, also tempo, fucking the energy. Like if you're, if you're making a soft beat compared to a hard beat, you're going to mix it differently. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Most yeah, definitely. It's just about like learning the nuances of it. And uh, it's actually really funny because I've been watching a lot of Avatar. <laughs> and um, Bro. Bro, ever since it yeah. came out on Netflix, I've just been binging the fuck One out of One thing I love, but they did that, bro, is it brought the show to a whole... I remember watching this shit on Nickelodeon. When it, like... I remember the first episode of Avatar, bro. I remember yeah. when it first aired. And now it's like they brought it to a whole new generation. It's like... It's bro, I was so happy when they brought it back. And then I actually watched Legend of Korra, too. Like, that's... People shit on that show too much. Like, I get why, like, there are certain parts that people, like, don't like. It's, it's not as good as show. The Last Airbender, but it's a great show overall. But, like, it's but not also, like, like, that much of a difference. You know what I mean? Well, also, like, The Last Airbender is just so perfect, you know? Yeah. Like, you can't... It's so hard to, like, match up to it. So, like, you know, it's kind of... It's kind of... uh futile to put that expectation on it but back to uh my point um there was a piece of it where you know uncle iro like mm-hmm. the uh, old firebender yep. he was teaching zuko about the four elements and he was telling him it's important to draw wisdom from different sources because if you just take it from one specific like thing you become rigid and stale but if you learn from all kinds of different cultures and genres and all that you become a lot more fluid and adaptable and you're able to like you're you're a lot more fresh he was the realest one in the whole series bro he was bro, saying, i love Iro. every episode was every episode he was in he was saying like real shit bro, <laughs> like, facts, ass, bro. Facts. he was like he was like modern day confucius yeah no dead ass <laughs> like that's facts that's facts as hell bro i really hope they do another avatar like, I do too. Yeah, I feel. I really hope them putting it on Netflix and the the resurge in popularity. Really I heard like, that. I heard the original creative team uh, backed out of the Netflix series, though the live action one. Oh I yeah? Guess there was, yeah. I heard there was too many creative differences again. So you know. Listen, the live action Avatar movie was garbage, bro. It was I, never have done it. <laughs> I was hopeful for the for the series, like the live action series, but. When I heard the creative team backed out, I was like, yeah, I'm not getting into it. Or, like, I'll look at it, but I probably won't enjoy it as much. Let's just do another Avatar series. I think it would be fire if they brought it back and kind of retold the story of the first Avatar. Because they did briefly, you know what I mean? They did, like, a two-episode thing on it. Yeah, exactly. If they did a series around it type deal. Or, like, even one on, like, Kiyoshi or, like, yeah, Yeah. Like, expanding their backstories and shit. Like, they could really go in and, like, develop so much more. You know what I mean? That's what I love about that series is that there's such, like, a vast world. And, like, there's so many stories that, like, could be told through that. And, you know, like, that's what I love about that series is just, like, there's so much to it. Nah, that's that's facts, bro. Fucking, um, anything anything else you want to add? I got a lady calling me about. Um, trying to set up a show, but it's difficult oh, no with worries. coronavirus right now, bro. Yeah, but, no um, worries, bro. Yeah, anything else you want you want to say before we wrap this up? 
and we're definitely gonna do another interview in the future hopefully yeah. next time it'll be in person um, yeah for sure um i don't really have much to add you know stay tuned i'm gonna um you know i'm gonna start releasing music on my own page just to uh you know get my name you know a little more out there just to kind of you know fulfill my own artistic visions and all that and uh yeah i hope you all stay tuned for the ride and uh, i love you all <laughs> Well, bro, like, again, I know we've been trying to do this since December last year. So, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we could finally get it done. Um, yeah. Again, this has been – I didn't even do my whole intro spiel. God damn. This has been called Classic <laughs> Interview number 35. So, number thank 35. you guys for turning it in. Number 35. Come a long way in the past year and a half. Hell, yeah. Um, yeah, number 35. Thank you guys for tuning in. Check us out, KULTClassicOfficial.com. Go cop yourself some merch. I'm wearing one of the black logo tees right now. Uh, cop it. Go check out our Instagram at KULTClassicOfficial. You can find this podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music. I'm probably going to rip the audio from this. Make sure it goes on Spotify, not Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. My bad. And then follow, follow me on Instagram at Bobby D in the Beat, B-O-B-B-Y-D-E-E on the beat. And then go follow Cubensis. Hell yeah. At underscore Cubensis underscore. Word. Well, uh, thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll wrap this up right now.